Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of Taylor May Sports with Kevin Taylor. So glad to have you along as we continue now from March to April with some exciting sports news and notes to take you from Atlanta and around the country. That's right. We talk sports from Atlanta and around the country on this program. That's our model, and that's what we're going to do. And this program is is not going to disappoint. We've got a jam-packed program for you. And on this program, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the NCAA Men's Final Four that starts on Saturday, April 1st. They're out in the desert in Phoenix, and uh, it's going to be a great showdown. We're going to preview that. Also talk about the women's uh, Final Four that's taking place right now, as well as here locally in Atlanta, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks, Georgia Tech men's basketball as they came oh so close to winning the NIT championship, but they fall short to TCU. We're going to talk about that, as well as Georgia Tech baseball, and also the Atlanta Braves, guess what? It's baseball season. Yes. You know me. I love baseball. And uh, this year the Braves, they've got some new things as they move into their new ballpark in northwest Atlanta, basically Cobb County. It's on the northern suburbs, the northwest quadrant of the suburbs of Atlanta. And uh, I've lived in Atlanta all my life. And every professional sports team is played in the downtown area. And now this is the beginning of a of a new era, the new direction. Uh, but I I am glad though that Georgia State has now taken over Turner Field, and now it's the Georgia State Stadium. And you know, I, I guess you can't be too too disappointed because Georgia State was playing at the Georgia Dome, and it, it, it was just it was just a not good fit. So it's good that the Braves were able to move. And when they were able to move, then Georgia State was able to move in. So it was actually a win-win. The Braves get a property that they were able to maintain and, you know, be satisfied with. And now Georgia State, they get to be able to have their own. And, hey, you know, like I said, win-win. So what can you say, right? <laughs> if you'd like to keep up with me in the program, all you have to do is look me up on social media at Kevin Taylor 98. Kevin Taylor 98 is where you'll find me on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram. So we definitely would have a lot of fun communicating and uh, always good to hear from uh, those who may follow me or, you know, that uh, just enjoy the program. All right. All right. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the NCAA Men's Final Four first to kick things off. And, um, you know, here's some matchups that could actually make the difference here. Uh, matchups are going to be key in this year's games. Now, you've got South Carolina, of course, up in Georgia. So, South Carolina, I, I didn't think South Carolina would make the Final Four. I don't think a lot of people did, but this could be the Cinderella story for sure. Um, now, you've got Gonzaga, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Oregon. And both of those games should be very interesting. 
Now, the Tar Heels led the nation in offensive rebounds during the regular season with about 16 per game, and uh, this is nearly a full rebound more than the next closest team. North Carolina, hey, they actually get about 42% of its misses back in rebounds. And so, like I said, they were, they were at the top in the country in that category. Um, now, here's another situation. Oregon. Kennedy Meeks, is uh, he's the biggest rebounder for the Ducks. He grabbed about four rebounds per game, good for 10th nationally. Now, here's another situation. The Ducks have two starters taller than six foot four, and were 114th nationally in defensive rebounds. But, hey, who's counting, right? Um, <laughs> Oregon's really going to have to do their – do what they're supposed to do with getting guys to box out and be up under the basket to be able to get rebounds. Because like I just said, North Carolina, they do a very good job of that. So the edge there would be North Carolina. Now, South Carolina versus Gonzaga. Um, now, here's the situation there. You've got two of the tallest members in the country. The seven one, three hundred pounds, you've got uh, Rismik Kaminsky, and um, he may be the, the largest player in the country uh, with that with that size, no doubt about it. Then you got Zach Collins. He's an athletic seven-foot freshman. He can score inside, outside, and um, could be ready to turn him pro. I would not be surprised. Um, of course, South Carolina has uh, Malik Kotzer and uh, Chris Salva that they could um, – you know, go up against those two twin towers there for the Gonzaga. Now, Oregon plays a fast-paced game. They're high-flying. Um, but at the same time, here is the situation here. Um, in my opinion, Gonzaga also, let me let me also say this. Gonzaga, you know, they uh, – well, South Carolina actually plays defense especially along the perimeter. So if, if a Gonzaga can get a good uh, a three-point game going, it could be a long day for South Carolina. So my prediction in this game is going to be between uh, North Carolina and uh, Oregon. I'm taking North Carolina. And, you know, I, I, I really don't feel bad about that team. I really don't feel bad about that. Um, Gonzaga, South Carolina. I'm going with Gonzaga. So I'm going with Gonzaga and North Carolina in the championship game. North Carolina wins. Roy Williams will yet again cut down a batter, well, a basket, rather, nets for another championship. So let's see if we're correct on this. Let's see if we're correct. Gonzaga, North Carolina, win in the Final Four, go to the championship game, and uh, North Carolina will win on Monday night. What do you think? Reach out to me, Kevin Taylor, the 98, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all right? So uh, that's really my synopsis on that, on the, on the Final Four. Uh, can't get any simpler than that. I kind of gave you a little bit of some keys there. 
Uh, not much, I know, but at the same time, it, it just comes down to X's and O's and execution at this point. That's what it comes down to. It just comes down to X's and O's execution. Remember that. Any team out there listening, that's what you have to do this time of year. Execute. That's the name of the game. It's Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Let's check out the women's final four now. And um, South Carolina, they beat Stanford in the uh, final four. That game uh, was played earlier uh, tonight. And uh, South Carolina, what, what can you say? They are a a, a feel-good story. Don Staley is their coach. Of course, Don Staley had a great collegiate career, Olympian, uh just a, a great coach, and uh, she's now led uh, the Gamecocks now to the championship game, and they're very excited there in Columbia. So South Carolina beat Stanford 62-53 to in the national semifinals at the American Airlines Arena on Friday. You know, the Gamecocks have now advanced to Sunday's NCAA championship game, and uh, we're still – we don't have word at this time as we uh, record this program as to who has won uh, between uh, Mississippi State and UConn. If we can get that information before uh, we leave the air, I will definitely pass it along to you to let you know who South Carolina's opponent will be. But uh, Stanford actually, they pretty much, you know, played a great first half. But South Carolina, you know, really turned it up defensively in the second half and came away with the win. Uh, Gamecock shut down the Stanford Cardinal offense uh, for over 20 minutes of the, of the you know, second half, allowing just 24 points. Uh, and, and that's what I'm saying, you know, with the men's situation. You've got to execute, and that's what South Carolina did in this situation. They came out in the second half. Defensive execution was not there, and that's what they did. They came out to execute a good defensive plan, and that's what occurred. So, um the defensive effort actually led to a 13-0 third-quarter run and turned what was a nine-point halftime deficit into a lead. And uh, the Gamecocks never looked back. So uh, congratulations to uh, uh, South Carolina. And uh, they actually made just three or 13 from three-point land. Uh, but at the same time, they get the W. They get the W. And, um, you know, I, I, I think what really will be a key in this matchup will be uh, whoever South Carolina plays is how they start the game. Because South Carolina started out cold, but they finished hot. So if they can start out fast, and keep a fast momentum throughout the game, not just with the half, but throughout the whole game. I think South Carolina may pull up upset here. But can they beat UConn? If is UConn that's playing the final? That's going to be a, a key question right there. UConn always is very tough. And uh, I don't think this year will be any exception to that. So, like I said, we can get uh, a score – uh, before we leave you, we will definitely pass it along with you uh, to see who uh, South Carolina will play 
coming up on Sunday in the championship game. And um, at last check, Mississippi State was leading UConn at halftime. So uh, we'll see if uh, that uh, holds up. But as it stands now, we don't have a hey, South Carolina. Congratulations to them on a job with that this season. It's Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for being a part of the program as we talk sports from Atlanta and around the country. And uh, got to say thank you to everyone who was the first responders who uh, responded to the I-85 uh, fire and bridge collapse. If you uh, maybe don't live in Atlanta, we had a massive fire uh, right along I-85, uh, just north of downtown Atlanta on Thursday, and it took out a, a huge section of the bridge and uh, backed up traffic for miles. And uh, in that stretch of the city, traffic was still uh, black, backed up with people trying to get you know, around the city. And, um, you know, but, but the Georgia State Patrol and other first responders were able to uh, uh, take control of the scene, and, and no one was injured. No one was, was killed, and that's that's truly a blessing there. So we got to say thank you to those first responders and to everyone who actually was first on the scene of that massive uh, fire and uh, bridge collapse on I-85. But traffic is going to be rerouted around the city, um, you know, while they really assess the situation continually and uh, have to rebuild that section of bridge and structure. And a, and a key concern was actually tonight's Braves game because they played the exhibition game against the New York Yankees. And a lot of people were trying to, you know, get to that. And, and uh, you know, it was a Friday, spring break is next week for the majority of the Atlanta Metro schools. And uh, just a, 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 a bad situation, you know, with this happening. But it could have been a lot worse. could have been a lot worse. So I'm just thankful that it was not. So, um, uh, like I said, the first responders – uh, did a great job with um, uh, their their quick response, and so they 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 have to take pride in that for sure. All right, we're going to move on to Georgia Tech basketball. As uh, well, Georgia Tech they came all so close, but they go down in the NIT championship to TCU, eighty eight to fifty six. Georgia Tech finishes the season twenty one sixteen, and um, Josh Pastner. What a great job that he did in the NIT tournament. Tech came up with some great wins during the regular season. Turned a lot of heads. This is great for recruiting. Josh Pastner is a player's coach, just like we see in the NBA. And his players, they love playing for him. They love him. And I, I think they, they're going to put Georgia, Georgia Tech back on the map, back on the ACC radar, back on the national radar. They came also close to making the NCAA tournament, but could not get there. But this is a real big stepping stone for this team to make. And uh, they, they made a statement in that NIT tournament. And uh, congratulations go out to uh, Georgia Tech and, the, like I said, the job that Josh Fashner has been able to do, um, you know, with, with this program. Because Tech, they really were not looking – for this team to do much all season. They really weren't. Um, you know, you got a new coach coming in, still a rebuilding. Uh, Brian Gregory, let's just be honest, he did not lead the program in good shape. He did. But Josh Pastner gives Brian Gregory a lot of credit because a lot of the guys who are on his team now were recruited by Brian Gregory. Brian Gregory just did not do a good job with them in developing those players. But Josh Pastner 
the good coach and the guidance that he has already been instilled with from Coach Calipari has paid off and paid off in a big way. He's young, young-minded. Students, they love him. Players, like I said, they love him. And like I said, this is just something to build on. And Georgia Tech, they have nothing to hang their heads on uh, down about because uh, this team, the best is still yet to come. They've got some great players coming back next season. And, uh, you know, just just great. But, uh, unfortunately, they go down in the title game in Madison Square Garden in New York. Mm. Kendricks Williams had 25 points and 12 rebounds, and TCU defeated Georgia Tech 88-56. In the NIT championship this past Thursday night, TCU opened with a 23-3 run on its way to their first NIT title. And uh, Tyler Jackson led Georgia Tech with 19 points. Joshua Kogi had 12 points and six rebounds. Uh, uh, Georgia Tech senior Quentin Stevens said, we played to the last buzzer. We stuck together. We stayed with the way we need to play. It was, a, uh, it was bigger than us. We knew bigger things were coming. And this is only the beginning, and I will have to agree with that. So Georgia, Georgia Tech got out to a slow start, but uh, they, they tried to make a game of it, but just just could not get it going. And uh, unfortunately, ah, what a bad time to uh, kind of fall there. But, hey, I'm proud of them, proud of their school on North Avenue and uh, looking for great things uh, as they continue on in the off season and into next season. All right, now shifting gears to baseball, as Georgia Tech, we're going to still stick with the Jackets. They're hosting number five Clemson in uh, in ACC action this weekend. Uh, if you did not get a chance to go over to West Chandler Stadium on Friday, you still have a chance to check out the Jackets at uh, Clemson uh, on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, now, first pitch will be on Saturday at uh, 4 p.m., and Sunday's game will begin at 1 p.m. Now, this is significant because it is a great weekend over at Russ Chandler. Now, Saturday is the first responders' day. Now, I just talked about the first responders and how uh, they were able to uh, uh, respond to the incident on I-85. But if you're a first responder and, of course, you're in the metro Atlanta area, if you live in Atlanta or are going to be in town, um, if you show a valid ID, then you will receive a free general admission ticket, and that's on Saturday. Now, Sunday is going to be special because it's Military Appreciation Day, and if any of you are in the military, you show a valid military ID, you receive also a free general admission ticket. So uh, great to see that uh, Georgia Tech is doing this, and uh, you're going to have some great baseball action between Tech and Clemson this weekend. And uh, Georgia Tech, they come into the weekend at 14 and 9, and uh, the Clemson there, 22 and 4. And that was before play on Friday. So um, great to see that these two teams, which should be an interesting series, uh, square up and uh, do a great job. Uh, now, uh, Georgia Tech's Joy Bart and Wade uh, Bailey are top in the ACC in a number of offensive categories. And uh, this weekend, they entered Bart ranks first in the ACC in home runs with 11. And uh, home runs per game, just under one. Slugging percentage at uh, about seven, uh, 79%. And a total basis at 78 on the season. Bailey leads the ACC in runs with 34 and runs per game at about just under two on the season. 
So uh, uh, also Wade Bailey breaks third in the ACC in doubles at 23 and hits per game, uh, about two on the season. And he also ranks third nationally and runs scored with 34 on the season. Now, this weekend series versus Crimson is the fourth ACC series for the Jackets this season. Tech enters the weekend at 3-6, and six, though, in league play, and they've won one game in each of the first three ACC weekend series against Miami and versus North Carolina and against Wake Forest. So uh, another thing is uh, when the Jackets hold their opponents to five runs or less, Tech is undefeated on the season. Georgia Tech is a perfect 11-0 overall with holding the opponents to five runs or less for the contest. So hopefully that can continue as we continue on um, with uh, ACC play against uh, Clemson over the weekend. So um, hopefully uh, Georgia Tech can get a series sweep. And uh, wishful thinking, maybe, maybe not, right? <laughs> but uh, like I said, I was going into uh, weekend play. Don't have the uh, score from Friday, though, unfortunately. But at the same time, uh, hopefully, hopefully Georgia Tech won. But if not, uh, they can maybe bounce back and get at least two out of three this weekend. But if I get that score also before we leave the air, we'll pass it along to you as well. It's Kevin Taylor with Taylor A Sports right here on blogtalkradio.com. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, no doubt, at Kevin Taylor 98 All right, sticking with baseball, the Atlanta Braves, they held their first exhibition game at SunTrust Park. And uh, a lot going on. But, you know, I saw a little bit of the game on television, and it was a lot of empty seats, which I guess is to be expected. It was an exhibition game against the New York Yankees. A lot of fans in town were at the game, you know, with New York fans and also Braves fans and also, yes, you know, fans who wanted to check out the new digs, the new amenities. But at the same time, you know, it's farther away from the city. But uh, I think SunTrust Park will, you know, if, if you're an avid baseball fan and you just love to be out and about socially, that's the place for you. You know, it's, it's a modern ballpark. Not to say the turf field was not modern, but at the same time, it, you know, I think we'll fit the Braves' need. They wanted some land that they could acquire and be able to maintain and have of their own, and now they have that. Uh, but, well, it translate to wins and also more fan attendance. That hey, will just have to remain to be seen. But the pitching is going to have to be key for the Braves this season. You've got Julio Tiron starting on Monday against the New York Mets. That game with uh, first pitch will be at 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock. So uh, you've got Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday against the Mets. And then the Braves go to Pittsburgh. The home opener of the regular season for the Braves is in the tier. Get this. April 14th. Yeah, April 14th. So I guess they had to do a test run uh Suntress Park then, you know, make some minor adjustments, I guess, and that gives them enough time to be able to do that before everything uh, gets in the way. But, yeah, the Braves are going to be on the road for like two weeks before they put the home opener. And I checked the schedule. They're the last team in the major league to have their home opener. Do you can't believe that? Wow. It's like in the NFL, you play your first three games on the road before your first home game. Wow. But, uh, of course, you know, you've got your nucleus, I believe, in the infield of Freddie Freeman, Brandon, Brandon Phillips, Desiree Swanson, and Adonis Garcia, uh, you got Tyler Flowers, Kirk Suzuki behind the plate. Uh, I think Tyler Flowers has submitted himself as being a starting catcher. And then, of course, in the outfield, you're going to have Nick Marquez, Ender Isiarte, Matt Kemp, and left. So the pitching is going to have to be key for this team. And can that pitching be key? Because I think the, the starters are going to be counted on heavily. 
Because if, if, if the opponents are able to get to the Braves' bullpen, you, they have a chance. The Braves' bullpen, uh, they can be solid. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're not slouches, but they can be solid. But at the same time, the starters have to give the bullpen adequate rest that they need. You cannot put your bullpen out there, you know, every day, day after day, day after day, pitcher here, pitcher there. You can't do that. So hopefully the Braves starters can at least give you a good five, six, maybe seven quality innings. I'm going to say six or seven, actually. Quality innings. Hopefully a game. I know some games you're not going to have that. So that's why I threw in the five in there. But they got to be constant. You've got Julio Tiran starting on Monday. You've got Bartolo Colon. You've got Ari Dickey. You've got Mike Fotinevich. You know, that's going to be your nucleus. And so I, I, I think with the Braves, I think they're, they're going to have a better regular season than spring training. The Braves only won eight games in spring training. Now, that's not including tonight. But eight games going into uh, Friday's game with the New York Yankees. But I think now that it's regular season, I think you're going to see a different Braves team. I think they can get the job done and be able to go into the regular season knowing what's at stake. You've got good veterans. You've got uh, guys who can be leaders on the field and off the field. And I, I, I think you're going to see a different Braves team. Can they continue? I think so. But, hey, it's coming up on April, not August or September, right? The Braves actually did win against the New York Yankees 8-5, to five, so uh, they closed out the spring training schedule with a win, so they won nine games. And uh, I believe they were nine and twenty-four, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, hey, a win is a win, right? So, good momentum going into the regular season. So, the regular season for MLB starts on Sunday, and the Braves say they start on Monday in New York against the Mets. So, I'm very happy. Yes, April is here. Even though we're doing this show on March the first, but April is here. So that means baseball season is here. It's my second favorite time of the year. No, football's my favorite time. Baseball's right up there, too. <laughs> All right, well, before we close out the program, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks lost seven straight games. They lost Paul Millsap to uh, 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 knee tightness. He had a non-surgical procedure. Uh, knee synditis. Uh, uh, I'm not, probably not saying that right. You might butcher names, you know. But uh, at the same time, he had a non-surgical procedure done and um, should be good to go, hopefully, in the next two or three games. Hopefully, hopefully. But uh, who's to say what that can be? Maybe it might be another week, but uh, no time to have been given for Paul Millsap's return. But they lost seven straight without it uh, beforehand. I was in a game against Brooklyn last this past Sunday. Hawks did not look good at all. But they got it right on Tuesday. This past Tuesday against Phoenix. And they beat them, and then they went up to Philadelphia, beat the 76ers. So now the Hawks go to Chicago and play the Bulls on Saturday, and then Brooklyn on Sunday. And then they return home next Thursday to face the Celtics in a nationally televised game at 8 p.m. And then Cleveland, who's struggling right now, on Sunday, April 9th at 3.30. So Thursday's game will be at uh, 8 p.m. Um, actually, uh Saturday's game against the Bulls is at 5. Uh, I believe Sunday's game against Brooklyn is at 6. Uh, Thursday's game against 
Boston at home is at 8, and like I said, Cleveland on Sunday, April 9th is at 3.30, also at Phillips Arena. So um, just a little off of the tidbits, uh, Tabo Sebalosha, he's going to be out for the game against Chicago with a groin injury. Uh, Kent Bazemore is probable uh, with a uh, knee bruise, and uh, Mike Denleby is probable as well uh, with an ankle injury. So uh, hopefully Hawks can get some scoring because that game last Sunday against Brooklyn, they only, the bench only scored seven points, but they were much improved on Tuesday as well as on uh, Wednesday. But you got to get better prediction out of your bench, and whoever is in that starting lineup does also have to uh, step up as well. Like Coach Bud said after one of the most recent losses, they got to get out the gate early and uh, just continue to attack and then shoulder. He did that, of course, in the past couple of games against Phoenix and Philadelphia, but you also have to do it against the top teams in the league as well. You can't just do it against those who are in, in the bottom. you got to do it against those in the top. So we'll see if uh, Hawks can keep that winning momentum this weekend and also into next week. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of Taylor Day Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, we'll talk to you again in April as we cover MLB as well as the latest news and sports from Atlanta and around the country. Never be discouraged, always encouraged. Until the next time, my friends, I'm out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.